rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All righty then. What's up? Hold on. <coughs> I got something in my throat. Damn. Timing. Can't help it. I'm just a human being. Unfortunately, right? Um, yes, hello. My name is Tara Devlin. We meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices anytime on the Progressive Voices app, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Please give the show a good review on iTunes. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Okay. And... Keep coming back. It works if you work it. So work it. You're worth it. So, yes. I, I, where are you? You guys are crazy. You're already popping into the chat room with the super chats like madmen. Jesus. Thank you, Mark and Jim, of course. That is amazing. Thank you so much for all your support. And yeah, and if you're listening or watching on any other platform, come over to YouTube. That is where I will be checking in and you'll meet a lot of nice people. Sometimes you'll meet a couple of trolls, but we have Haiku in there who will handle them as soon as he gets here. I don't know. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Hi there. I see you. Okay. Um, my name is Tara Devin, like I said. So I'm, uh, I'm I, you know what? I woke up really late today. It was good. So I felt good. I woke up I'm just around 10.30 a.m., which is really late for me. I think I needed it. It was nice to be unconscious for a long time. I was dreaming. I was swimming. I was flying. I was breathing fresh air i didn't have to share the air with trump there were no morons begging a con man to trickle on them there were no uh, idiots useful idiots demanding freedom for for what there were uh there were no morons proclaiming their they their first amendment or whatever right to die of coronavirus demanding that we open this country in the middle of the pandemic so that they can die quickly i i guess good for them good for them and then i woke up and here i am and uh, yeah it's kind of like living in groundhog day the, the the thing that is so depressing is if you look around, uh, the anger is legitimate. They, we should be angry. All of us should be angry. Though, but the Trump Z's, it's get angry at the right things. In fact, somebody gave me some good advice once, and it was that. Get angry at the right things. Because I was just angry, walking around angry. Yeah, that's great. That that's wasted energy, though. Get angry at the right things. That really opened my mind, and it was really like well, another one of my epiphanies. Where well, it was a somebody helped me come to that epiphany, but other epiphanies, as I've shared before, 
like choosing everything is a choice choosing be to be happy we talked about that on the last show and um yeah because we're only here for a short time and i think that's what's so frustrating to me is watching these idiots get angry at the wrong things and and be so easily played that's what is depressing they're so stupid. This is why we teach history or why you why people learn history and why it's important. We supposedly say those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. Well, they don't under, they don't seem to understand that Western civilization I, I, I recommend a book to them, the history of Western civilization. Maybe they'll get a clue that it's been the struggle between average people, and the elites. That is the history of Western civilization. That's the history of the human race. And the idiots out there begging to go back to work in the middle of this war, right, the war president, in the middle of the pandemic, putting us all in danger, putting this weak-ass health system based on a for-profit racket. Oh, to putting that in a, in a, in an overwhelming uh, in a system that's already overwhelmed and is going to crumble. So they're out there putting us all at risk and getting angry at the wrong things, and they're so easily manipulated. That's what's so discouraging that they look at a con man and they get out there with their M16 stroking their Weapons of war. I mean, think about it. I, sh I was watching Democracy Now! earlier, and it's true. Um, let me see. Hold on. I'm going over there. Jeffrey Stiglitz was on talking about... Oh, no, no, not Jeffrey. It was uh, Juan Gonzalez talking about American... Uh, the um, title of the piece is Make No Mistake, This Country is Edging Closer to neo-fascist authoritarianism and putting it together, just making the observation that imagine if we, um, of course, we always play that game. What if, what if it were all black people out there with weapons of war? We're so, uh, becoming so accustomed to white right-wing idiots, useful idiots, trump walking around and having t public tantrums with assault weapons strung on their backs or whatever, walking around with assault weapons. And it's a matter, it's just a, it's just a, a tactic to intimidate normal people. And we should never grow accustomed to that. And in fact, well, how, what can you do? You have a disgusting giant con man sitting in the Oval Office, despite receiving fewer votes, activating these idiots and giving them cover and legitimacy. Because ultimately, as we said, this is what is so frustrating and why I can't stand them, the Trumpanzees, is that it is ultimately about destroying democracy. Don't kid yourself. Don't make any mistake and never mince these words. 
Republicans are the enemies of the, the Democratic Republic that so many fought, bled, and died to entrust to us, that the founders fought a revolution to entrust to us. They're the enemies, they're, and that's why. They're not out there sowing unity. They want dissension. They need it. They need the chaos. They need the mistrust of government. They need the hatred of government. And, well, especially focused on those who want and are trying to have a functioning democracy. You notice how the Republicans, they're not turning their anger on, on authoritarians. No, where it, where it belongs. No, they're turning their anger on people who are trying to function, trying to be a representative in this representative democracy. So what does that tell you? Republicans are the enemies of the very system that the founders fought a revolution to entrust to us. And who did they fight this revolution against? They didn't fight it against Democrats or, de- or you know, small d Democrats. They fought it against authoritarians, intergenerational aristocracy, the, the likes of which the Filthy, disgusting Republicans are now in the process of rebuilding here in the United States. Make no mistake, they every know them by their fruits. Every move they make is to entrench oligarchy, into, is to uh, empower intergenerational wealth, and to dismantle the system of government that all those young people and old and everyone in between are laying in their cold early graves because they gave their life, their last full measure of devotion for this thing. And if you're, uh, if you're a, um, someone who believes in America and loves America, you don't send dum-dums out into the out out into society to cause problems to shut things down operation gridlock in the middle of a pandemic out there w- walking around with assault weapons well unfortunately you can't destroy the virus with an assault weapon these idiots i'll be right back That's a good cue to drink some coffee. As you know, the um, this is a new format, Progressive Voices. So, yeah, there you go. I have to have these cues. I do have these. It's kind of good, I guess. It'll help me stay on track, help keep the show to a certain length. And during the week, we do weekday specials. Usually, um, um, they, they're not at a set time. So, um if you enjoy the show, if you want the show to grow, I encourage you to become a patron, and we'll get there. We need more patrons. That's just the bottom line. We have a core group of people. The show is getting more viewers, listeners, and that's a good thing. But we do have a long way to go. So encourage your friends. Encourage your enemies. 
Do you have enemies? I don't know. Do I have enemies? I, I guess. Enemies. What's an enemy? No, nah, I don't really have enemies. I I don't really hate Republicans. This was, somebody sent me a message. Where the heck was it? Oh, it was on RDT Daily, on the website, the main site. I was commenting because Daryl Lucas wrote, he's one of our prolific writers over there, and when you become a patron of RDT Daily, you're a patron of... Well, when you become a patron of Tarabuster, you're a patron of the website as well. So it's a package deal. And we get, we have Daryl and we have uh, Grouchy Geezer and a few other writers, but we need more writers. So the more that you donate, we'll be able to do the show. We'll be able to write more, um, more original content, right? Okay. Anyway, so Daryl wrote an article, and it's titled, Religious Right Scholar Praises Hungary's Would-Be Dictator. There you go. Once again, the Republicans, that's who they are. They say the quiet part out loud every now and then. If you're listening, like, famously, and I bring it up, Rush Limbaugh, some people are born to be slaves. He says that, he said that by, it just comes out. That's what they believe. That's the Republican mantra in a nutshell. That should be. What is this uh, party of personal responsibility? My ass. It's GOP. Some people are just born to be slaves. That's what they stand for. And that's conservatism in a nutshell. You want to boil it down for your right-wing parents or whatever? Say That's it. In a nutshell, whereas Democrats, normal people, progressives, we believe in government that works for all, that we're in this together. We can boil it down like this. Right-wingers, some people are born to be slaves. Normal people, we leave no one behind. Period. End of sentence. That's what it's about. Leaving no one behind. We don't leave you behind on the battlefield. We don't leave you behind in ignorance, in hunger, without a roof over your head, without a living wage, without, uh, name it. We have a functioning society. We don't leave anyone behind in a functioning society. Well, that's how you know it's functioning. But Republicans, it, oh, it has always been about authoritarianism. They want a daddy. The world is a scary, complex place, and they need a daddy to save them from it. They've done studies on this. Conservatives have larger amygdalas, the fear centers in their brain. So they're fear-based. We understand this, whether you study brain science or not. We understand that they are primarily fear-based. Everything is about someone's coming to get them. Someone's going to take from them. Someone's trying to push something down their throats, calling Dr. Freud, frankly, right? Always something being shoved down their throats, like health care. Idiots. Idiots. But it's, it's fear-based. And they think uh, there's always such, some conspiracy going on. They don't believe... The conspiracy that's right before their eyes of powerful, rich interests entrenching wealth and concentrating uh, wealth in their own hands, wealth and power, and cutting off any avenue for you to do anything about it. But that's who they are. They're dumb. Anyway, so this authoritarian, this right-wig scholar, quote-unquote, so this is Daryl's 
Daryl writes that for the better part of four decades, the religious right has insisted that all it wants is a place at the table for Americans with traditional values, quote unquote. But if you listen to many a scholar or pundit among the nation's so-called moral guardians, you'll notice that when they think no one is listening, they express disturbing contempt for democracy and the rule of law. Hello. That's what we say here every day. For instance, just days before the 2018 election, Lance Wallenow openly hoped for a time when critics of Donald Trump could be taken out and shot, as is often the case in Vladimir Putin's Russia. Wallenow also seemed to applaud that there was never a negative word about China's Xi Jinping. It would also take a lot of effort for a fundy luminary to get nearly as blatant in his sympathy for dictatorship. But a leading religious right, right, sorry, the religious right scholar may have come close. He openly welcomed a blatant power grab by Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor or- Orban. Why? Okay, wait for it. It's in the interest of protecting Western civilization. You see how every day is backwards day? It's bizarro world in Republican, Republican dystopian democracy. Authoritarianism is democracy. Weakness is strength. Ignorance is, is knowledge. It's upside down world. So Steve Turley, an academic and speaker based in Newark, Delaware, a suburb of Philadelphia and and Wilmington, has recently become a rising star in the religious right. His turkey, or wait, sorry, his Turley Talks podcasts have become very influential among fundies with an an intellectual bent, or so they like to proclaim for themselves. Like most of his brethren, Turley is an open and unashamed Trump supporter. In 2017, for instance, he claimed that Christians... Never Trumpers are so fixated on Trump, on Trump's depravities, that they don't realize he's actually doing (laughs) what he is supposed to do to protect the church. So Turley, see, another backwards way of covering for the con man. That's what they do. Turley noted that Trump promised to use the power of his office to protect Christians and the Christian church, which... Of course, and this is just me, not the article. That's what authoritarians do. And this is every, every, in every um, historical case of a democracy that has been overthrown for an autocrat. That's what they do. They take over the church. And for thousand, over a thousand years, 2,000 years, the Western civilization was defined between, uh, by the church, state, interdependence uh, that kept people in their place, rising up against their betters. You know, if they were, if God wanted them to be in power, they he would they wouldn't have been born in, on uh, you know on a feudal um, you know in in debt to their feudal lord. The reason we have a king that's God. God put them there. And rising up against the king and the aristocracy is rising up against God. Believe it or not. 
So, in other words, Charlie sums up. Okay, well, here, let me back up a little bit. To his mind, any president who understands the importance of protecting, quote, Christian-inspired Western civilization is preferable any day of the week to a morally approved choir boy or um, secular, sec, I can't say this word, secularized globalist. This is what they say. And, you know, globalist to them. Glo that's the scariest word. What is globalist? It's just, they, that's fear-mongering about the other. That's all that is. It's another name for be afraid. Be afraid of the other. In this nation of immigrants, we should be afraid of immigrants, of others. They're taking over. Somebody's taking over. Meanwhile, who's taking over? It's the very thing that they're out there rallying for. So, okay, in other words, Turley sums up the moral contortions and distortions that have become standard operating procedure for the nation's so-called moral guardians. But Turley took it to another level when he defended a disturbing move by Orban last month. For some time, Orban has come under fire for systematic dismantling of the rule of law and civil society in Hungary since beginning his second stint as prime minister, so-called, right? That's what they call him. The new king will be called prime minister or president, like President Kim Jong-un or, well, uh, uh, well, President Xi, President Putin. Are these presidents? No. Orban has packed the courts with civil, with, and the civil service with political cronies. That's what they do. That's how the Nazis took over. That's what the, that's what the Republicans are doing here. And it's the reason why Christopher Browning, World War II historian Christopher Browning calls Mitch McConnell the grave digger of American democracy. Yes, it is happening here. You're not seeing things. It's really happening. So, all right, here we are. Orban has packed the courts and the civil service with political cronies while subjecting the press to increasing intimidation and tarring corruption watchdogs as uh, tools of foreign interest. What, where have I heard this before? The watchdogs, how uh, the whistleblower should be, um, what did Trump say? Uh, he should be sued and... They're attacking any mechanism of oversight for their, for their illegitimate power. So, trust me, it is happening here. You're not seeing things. It's really happening. It can happen anywhere. It happened in Germany. And, and Germany was a progressive... If you went to Berlin in the 30s or early to, or late 20s, turn of the century... And you saw Berlin was a very progressive town, city, whatever you would call it. And they actually had gay rights organizations in Berlin at that time. So they were very progressive and a modern society, a democratic society. How did they turn into what became... What they, you know, we look at with horror, well, most of us do. No, well, Twitler sees something to aspire to, as do, as do his inner circle, including Stephen Miller. 
the Nazi Jew. We, we have a Nazi Jew in the White House, and that's Stephen Miller. He's disgusting, and we'll get to him too. So these trends were a major reason for the alarm that ensued when Orban used his supermajority in Hungary's legislature to ram through a bill that vests his government with sweeping emergency powers. Where does that sound familiar? Again, that's Hitler took power. Everything was an emergency. You go, you go back to the fall of the Roman Republic. It's the same thing that happened there. It was an emergency. The role of dictator was an emergency position. Then, in the fall of the Roman Republic, first they gave Caesar dictatorial powers for life. Then when Caesar was assassinated and uh, Augustus, or before, well, Octavian took control, he became the first citizen. He wasn't the emperor. He was just... The first among equals. But he became the first citizen for life. That's how it happens. You think Xi Jinping, the president a president for life? Or Orban? And look at what's in, in uh Russia. Putin. We have right now all over the world we're witnessing the dismantling of democratic systems. This is why Trump is such a danger, and, and so are his Republican co-conspirators, and why Biden is so infuriating, talking about working with these fuckers. You don't work with autocrats, and you don't work with the maggots dismantling the body politic, chewing on the corpse of democracy. No. You excise them from your body politic. You get rid of them. You dismantle them. You remove them from power. You see them for the danger that they are. They're not, oh, let me have your ideas. Let me reach across the aisle to the very system, the very uh, bunch of autocracy enablers who are destroying the country. I can get things done with them. Give me a break. No. This is what we're up against. We're up against, it's not just Trump's, uh, in his ineptitude. There's a whole apparatus around him that is undermining the very systems of democratic government. And they're doing it on purpose. That's why they're all going to get behind Trump, because ultimately... He's, uh, he's a means to an end to them. And the end is the end of the Democratic Republic. Don't be confused, please. Don't say, oh, it's hyper- hyperbolic to say that. No. They have always hated democracy, right-wingers. They hate it because they don't want to share. They can't seem to share civilization with people who are a little bit browner than them or different. They lack the maturity. That's why they would rather have this big, giant, orange con man pretending to put everybody in their place, to put the people they don't like. You know, like that lady said earlier on when they shut down the government, when Twitler shut down the government, he's not hurting the people he needs to be hurting. That's what they 
are, are all about. You have to hurt the right people, not the white people. So, yes, alarm. We're sounding the alarm. And everybody better wake the F up. And that's why I say wake up working people. We're in this together. It's about the worker getting power, having a seat at the table, taking it from the intergenerational aristocracy, the likes of which the founders fought a revolution to escape. And that's why they want us divided, of fighting amongst each other, at each other's throats. They'd rather have the right-wing small penis gun club out there intimidating uh, normal, decent society, tearing it out, tearing it apart from within. They want you to be at each other's throats lest you take a break and look around and say, who is my real enemy here? What is really happening? Well, I'm trying to tell them. I'm not trying to tell you guys. You guys already know. So, to continue on with Daryl's article, let me see. These trends were a major reason for the alarm that ensued when Orban used his supermajority in Hungary's legislature to ramp through a bill that vests his government with sweeping emergency powers. Okay, we got that. To deal with the coronavirus outbreak. Well, that was with Hitler. Oh, it was only to deal with this, uh, the, um, you know, the fire and the Reichstag, uh, the communists rising up and burn the terrorism, right? It was all just temporary, temporary sweeping powers. Among other things, it gives him a power to rule by decree indefinitely. It also makes the spreading of news that hinders Budapest's efforts to respond to the pandemic punishable by up to five years in prison. It became, it become, wait, wait, it's become almost an article of faith on the far right that governors and mayors are using this pandemic to effectively shred the Constitution. So you would think that any far-right scholar who really professes to love the Constitution would be alarmed by this measure. Not Turley, not this right-wing, another one of these right-wing mouthpieces. Yeah, they're all about the Constitution. Remember that? When they're trying to prevent Americans from not dying without health care? They all have their pocket constitutions. Not anymore. So, okay, not Turley. He all but stood up and and applauded. So, let me see if I can play this video. Oh, no, it's... No, it's too long. Okay, Turley loudly proclaimed that with this measure, Orban was overseeing the gradual extinction of left-wing liberalism, right? Like how Hitler was stomping out the communists. It's all for the better. In a disturbing sign of things to come, he did so while proudly showing a poster of French neo-fascist Marine Le Pen in his room. Turley claimed that Hungary's parliament has the right to cancel these emergency measures at any time, so there's still clear checks and balances. Can you, can you fucking believe what's going on? 
These right-wingers are seeing democracy destroyed in other countries, and they're using it as something to aspire to. They're getting their dummies accustomed to the overthrow of democratically elected government and the installation of an all-powerful autocrat. They're getting them used to it. Remember how we hear all the time from right-wingers, they're supposed to be so uh, patriotic with their constitutions, and they're out there protecting our freedoms. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to see it. Really, if they were not such hypocrites, I might have some respect for them. But they're, n- they're not. They're enemies of the people. They're the enemies from within. Destroying this country from within. And this is part of it. How they undermine democracy. How they, when, because when Trump tries it here, this fucking guy, Turley, this right-wing preacher, is going to tell everyone, don't worry about it. It's really to get rid of the, re- the left-wingers. You know, we're drinking liberal tears over here, so let's all cheer Twitler's temporary, oh so temporary, oh so regretted temporary um, seizure of power. This is what they do. So, like, for instance, when the gravedigger of American democracy, Mitch McConnell, when he says the proudest moment is when he told President Obama not that he was not going to fulfill his constitutionally proscribed role, that we the people had voted in two landslide elections for him to do, of of putting of of um, putting a putting forward a Supreme Court nominee. Oh, Mr. President, you will not fill this seat, regardless. Oh, that's your proudest moment fucking over the American people because that's what Mitch McConnell did. It's not about, it's not, it's not Obama. He didn't insult Obama. And it's not just an insult. It's not just a, a um, insult against the tan suit. This is a, a democratically, uh, this is a democratic coup. Well, a coup against democracy. The, to tell the president to block a president from fulfilling his constitutionally proscribed role after Americans voted twice in two landslide elections, popularly, unlike Twitler, to give Obama that position because we're not a center-right nation. We are a left-wing nation. Like human beings are left-wingers. We are in it together. We understand fairness inherently. In our DNA, human beings are endowed with empathy, and the uh, and no, they've done studies on infants knowing fairness in reacting negatively to unfairness, of and they don't even have to have the power uh, to speak, but they see when they see things being doled out in an unfair way, they react negatively. Because they they don't have to be taught this. These are new human beings. Welcome to the fucked up world. And they see something they don't like. It not being fair. Because we understand that 
we are in it together. And that's how Mother Nature programmed us. We are we're in it together. We can do good things. We can do great things. When, uh, alone, we can survive. Together, we thrive. And that's how we were made. And Republicans are, they're not only against, I always say we're on the right side of history, and we're on the right side of humanity. Because we're in it together, and we understand that. And we get together in a government to say, how are we going to have a system that works for all? It doesn't mean that everybody has the same goddamn thing. There are rich people. There were rich people in in the time in American history known as the Great Prosperity. There were rich people. Where when the rich paid a top marginal tax rate of 90%. So give me a break. And that top marginal tax rate of 90% is there to protect democracy and to prevent an intergenerational aristocracy from developing. So, let's see. Here, let me finish up Daryl's article so I'll get to the, what this guy wrote. Um, if there was any doubt that Turley was perfectly fine with Orban's build his sorry uh, Orban's budding authoritarianism, it was erased when he applauded Orban fumigating any trace of cultural Marxism from Hungary's arts and culture. This is right out of Nazis. That's why Republicans are Nazis. They love it. They love the Nazis. They look at the Nazis as inspiration. Make no mistake, it doesn't start out with death camps. It always ends there, though. It starts with this, uh, fumigating any trace of cultural Marxism. What about free speech and a, an expression? I thought they were all about free freedom, these fuckers. Remember, I don't, I may not believe in what you have to say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Well, coming along for the ride are... are Shit like that. Cultural Marxism. You don't like it? Then fucking look away. Don't listen to it. But you don't have to uh, celebrate fumigating any trace of cultural Marxism. This is a right-wing pastor here in the United States of Serfs and Laws. An autocrat-enabling, anti-democratic, America-hating uh, pastor under in the guise of you know, Trump and Z cheerleading, pretending to be some kind of America lover. You better better believe it. This guy thinks he loves America. Of course he does. And there are people right now listening to this idiot who say, oh, uh, yeah, I'm a patriot. I'm a real patriot. Fumigating any trace of cultural Marxism from Hungary's arts and culture. Well, who the fuck are you to decide? Fumigating? Don't you? That's what happens when you exterminate bugs, insects. If you don't like cultural Marxism, then shut the fuck up and turn the channel. Read another book. Read something different. I don't know, but where's your freedom? I thought you loved freedom. These people are so transparent. Like Rush Limbaugh said, some people are born to be slaves. 
This is them in a nutshell. They hate freedom. Don't you get it? They only whine about freedom when we're trying to actually be free. To have a real free society. You know, the freedom not to go bankrupt when sick. The freedom to be not ignorant. The freedom to vote. The freedom to have a decent middle class life and retire in security. Without having to be homeless or go on GoFundMe for medical care. That freedom, real freedom. They hate it. They hate it. They're the, anti, the antithesis of American. They are America haters. How disturbing is this? Just think. An American pastor with a, he's, you know, I mean, he's not, he, he was one of these evangelical leaders that went and prayed in, in the Oval Office over Trump. Remember that? So he's got some power, this guy, talking about eliminating uh, and praising, praising an autocrat for removing every trace, exterminate. How did he say it? Fumigating any trace of cultural Marxism from Hungary's arts and culture. Just that kind of, the way that it's framed is so chilling. It, it sends a chill up my spine because I could see the end of the story here. How do you do that? How do you fumigate it? And then what happens when people say, no, we won't be fumigated? When does it become literal? It's true. So Hungary's arts and culture. Okay, when you hear anyone, scholar or not, Daryl writes, Referring to opposing views as things that must be fumigated, it should send a chill down your spine, as it does me. It does. Anybody who actually loves democracy, if you're a right-winger who stumbled on this program and you read those words and you don't have a chill down your spine seeing the end and say, holy shit, what am I involved in? Then you need to look at yourself. This can't be dismissed as a religious right agiprop. Turley was a longtime member of the faculty of Tall Oaks Classical Christian School, a private Christian school in Bear near Turley's home. It's not clear whether Turley stayed on after Tall Oaks renamed itself the Delaware Valley Classical School in 2019 and moved to Newcastle, but the thought that Turley was, or still, is turning kids' heads with authoritarianism wrapped in the cross is disturbing. Well, the authoritarianism is always wrapped in the cross, with the, with the cross, or whatever. Well, they wrap the cross across your head. That's how it is. And I know that right-wingers, they say, oh, uh, well, the Nazis, they were... No, the Nazis were in bed with the Catholic Church... Of course they were, and, and Christianity in general. In fact, they wore belt buckles that said, Gott mit uns. God is with us. It's always about God, right? They got some sick-ass God, these fuckers. 
Remember, Charlie speaks to a constituency that mostly lives in a bubble. Exactly. And thank you, Bill Clinton, for deregulating the media. And, and I mean that sarcastically. And giving us these silos of information where people don't ever get, um, they, don't, they don't come across the truth. It's rare. They can live their whole lives in this right-wing echo chamber of lies and come out and hear the truth and think that that's a lie. This is not the recipe for a functioning society. And that's why I say to Joe Biden yet again, are you fucking delusional? What is wrong with you? You do not reach across the aisle and work with fascists who are undermining and destroying democracy. You disempower them. You want to give them, they have an idea. What's their idea? Only a little bit of fascism? A little bit of concentrated wealth and income disparity and upward immobility? Just a little bit? No. Either you're in this thing, if you're either for America, the, the grand experiment in liberal democracy, or you're not. What is it? You know, the grand experiment based on the liberal age of enlightenment, where Western civilization started to turn its mind toward, uh, guess what? Uh, we don't need a king in an aristocracy. Wow. Who would have thunk? It didn't happen overnight, and many people died, fought, bled, died, went to jail, never to see the light of day, because that was a radical, progressive th thing, to, thing to espouse. So it didn't happen overnight, but that's who the founders were. They weren't about um, escaping an intergenerational aristocracy in Europe to re-entrench one here. No. In fact, they wrote about, Thomas Jefferson wrote about income inequality. The, he talked about progressive taxation. How do you limit the power of concentrated wealth? Progressive taxation, which is what commonly Americans used to understand. That's what it's about. And that's why I can't, I wish... Some of these effing DLC Democrats, any of them, even Bernie, a normal Democrat, would, could say the estate tax, things like that. Reinstating the estate tax is not just about reinstating the estate tax. It is about saving democracy from an intergenerational aristocracy, the likes of which the founders fought a revolution against. And it's a patriotic tax, and Americans used to understand that. And what happened? The Republicans, the conservatives, right-wingers, they, they hate having uh, the American people understand a common story of our founding, and they, don't, they want to throw confusion into it. We used to teach civics and teach uh, our history in a way that we could all come to agreement with, not about, oh, we're founded on Judeo-Christian values. That's bullshit. Whatever the fuck that means. And we know they only say Judeo because they're trying to sound like they're being inclusive. No, they, we, we weren't created out of the Bible. It was the writings of John Locke, Rousseau, 
the liberals, the age of enlightenment, those uh, radicals who said, no, we don't need a king. No, it's bullshit to have an intergenerational aristocracy. They get all of the power and wealth just by the mere fact that they were born on third base thinking they hit a triple. No, that's not a conducive to a, a functioning society. It's not only is it not fair, it's just that it doesn't work. You end up rolling the dice every time you turn around. You got to hope that your lord is not a madman. And how long did that happen? How long did that take from Augustus to Nero to Claudius to, to Caligula? How long did it take the, uh, the Julii to descend into madness? And how many of, of, the, of the people? You, you're just at the whim of these fucking madmen. That's why the founder said, fuck it. We don't, this is it. And, and most, um, the Western civilization, the Western countries, and that's why a democracy sweep, swept across Western civilization. And for a long time, democracy is considered the, um, yeah, a, uh, the most altruistic and uh, a, a government that is um, the most, whatever, you know, the, the best government. And right now we're, we're witnessing that decline. And it doesn't happen by um, just because we have a Twitler. He has to have a lot of enablers. Self-seeking, self-serving enablers. As any decline, as every, as any attack on self-governance always has. You have to have the cowards play along. You have to have the self-dealing lickspittles play their part, and the silent. And then you also have the useful idiots who have to get out there and and cheer their own demise. I don't know who I hate worse, really. So, as Daryl writes in conclusion in the, of this article I'm reading from RDT Daily by Daryl Lucas, titled, Religious Right Scholar Praises Hungary's Would-Be Dictator. We already knew that the religious right has few qualms about embracing authoritarianism, but Turley's support of such naked dictatorial behavior is staggering, Listening to this, one can only conclude that the only difference between Turley and another so-called scholar on the far right, Richard Spencer, are 15 years and facial hair. And, yeah, absolutely. So somebody wrote, uh, this guy in the comment section, it caught my attention because he wrote, this is um, just some guy, whatever, Art Artemo Ortega, uh, he writes, Leftists love to suppress freedom of speech and speech that they do not like. Right-wingers need to become authoritarian because leftists are authoritarian by nature. What? You see the woo, woohoo, the circular, the circle jerk logic on that one? Let me see. Let me read that again in the proper with the proper music bed. Leftists love to suppress freedom of speech 
and speech that they do not like, right-wingers need to become authoritarian because leftists are authoritarian by nature. That's what they think. What are you talking about? What? And then I wrote back, it never ceases to amaze me how much Republicans hate America and hate democracy. What kind of logic is that? Leftists love to suppress freedom of speech and speech they do not like. And what is that? They think that they're victims, right-wingers. The professional victimitis of right-wingers is staggering. It really is. Putting myself in this person's mind, well, as dangerous as that might be, what I'm thinking is that they think that themselves victims when they get deplatformed, let's say, or Twitter shuts them down for spreading Nazi propaganda or Nazi memes or lies, right? Just right-wing lies. They'll get put in a timeout or Facebook will shut them down and shut their platforms. And I remember when I was at that Minds event doing when I was on that panel with those right-wingers, one of the things they were talking about, they were such victims being deplatformed, they call it, as if it's an attack on them as right-wingers it's not that they're racist, spreading racist lies. They don't see a problem with what they're saying. It's that leftists are leftists, whatever fucking leftists. I wish leftists. What, what, who's a leftist? You know, maybe me. Yeah. What's a leftist? Somebody who is capable of functioning in a free democratic society who wants. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't find cultural diversity to be so threatening. In fact, I find it interesting. It's nice to live in a world that isn't just black and white. I think that enhances a civilization, you know, depending. Of course, they always go to the ugly parts, but, you know, like, uh, honestly, I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but there are some, of course, cultural things that we would never adopt, like burqas, that, to me, as a woman, is an offensive... It's offensive to me. I hate that. I find it... It's religious zealots. It's not Muslims. They come in all shapes and sizes. They have them in the Christian faith. They have them in the Judaism. They have them in Islam. To me, I find it offensive that women can't be priests. You know, there are levels to the bigotry and the misogyny. It's all misogyny to me. I find it disgusting. So... Anyway, that's just an aside. But other than that, I love living in New York. I live in Queens, which is called the world's borough because it is the most culturally diverse community or borough or city or whatever. Culturally diverse community in the nation, according to the census. We'll see what happens when this this new census comes out. But everywhere you go, there's so many different kinds of food, different events happening, and it's... I find it fascinating. That's the tapestry of life. Well, who wants to sit there? I would rather be here than in any goddamn Trump and Z rally looking around at those idiots. You want to talk about, oh my God, you want to talk about, I don't know, try being culturally diverse in that group. Let's put it that way. So this guy writes, and I wrote, well, uh, leftists love to suppress freedom of speech and speech that they do not like, like racism. It's not about suppressing it. It's the community gets together and says, no, honey, we're in it together. Because we're in it together, we are sick of your racism, sickening 
our civilization and we we're going to stop it. We we have standards. You got you want to come and uh, hang out, you want to seat at the table, you got to learn how to act like a human. Learn not to be a, a, an idiot. Uh, of all the things you can say and contribute to a conversation, the lowest thing you could bring to the table is being a racist, ignorant moron. Bring something interesting to the table. Don't be an idiot with your moronity. So we deplatform. Well, I don't deplatform. It's Twitter. And there's no constitutional right to have a Twitter account. You are welcome. This is the other thing that Republicans don't seem to understand. You could be as racist as you want to be. Nobody is stopping you from being a racist, a misogynist, a homophobe, an ignoramus, an all-round Trump and Z triple threat. No one is stopping you. You could do it all day. You could be a douchebag all day. But because we have our freedom as well, we have the right to respond to that. No one's stopping you. Be as stupid as you want to be. If that's the face you want to show to the world, when you get on the Internet, you have this window to the whole world. It always fascinates me. And you know how useless these Republicans are because they have a window to the whole world. And that's the best they can do. The best they can do is get on there and, like, call me the C word or say something, be a racist, say something racist or ignorant, just some stupid, spread stupidity. But we also have the right to respond to it. So if you're all about freedom and that's really what you believe, then express yourself, but be a, uh, be a human. Be, I was going to say be a man, but they're not, I mean, me a man. Be a, don't be a spineless maggot, but that's like asking birds not to fly. But be prepared to take the consequences. If that's what you really believe, then do it, say it. No one's stopping you. But they whine. They're whiny little bitches, and that's what it's about. They're all the professional victims. Wah, wah. Oh, here. It's 7 o'clock. Here goes the, the cheering. Whoopie-doopie. Congratulations, everyone. Good. As long as they keep and turn that cheering into action. That's what I say. The cheering gets a little tedious to me. It's like... It feels like thoughts and prayers. It doesn't have any any power behind it. And if that's the best we can do, we're in big trouble because we have a lot of work ahead of us. Consider, I mean, look at what's going on. And I'll get to that in a minute. Let me just finish this up. So I don't know if you can hear that, but whatever. Sometimes you can't. Now they've got fireworks. Yesterday, that someone was out there meh, meh, with the horn. I was like, all right, enough. <laughs> I don't know. I get cynical, uh, as I said, because I'm like, put it, put some action behind it. Where's the action? But time will tell. All right. People are in lockdown. What can you do, really? So, all right. 
I wrote when the guy said he loved, yeah, left us, that, 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 that right wingers need to become authoritarian because leftists are authoritarian by nature. Are you kidding me? In what way? That's the other thing. They say there's this whole um, bullshit uh, point of view on the right, and they have really invested in spreading the lie of something called liberal fascism. They say, oh, it's the liberals. Liberals are fascists. Bullshit. Like Hitler. They, they try to say, because it's, it's not true. Right-wingers are fascists. It's, they, they try to say that um, because Germany had universal health care, there you go. Um, universal health care equals fascism. That's what they say, or supposedly. And during the um, run-up with uh, Obamacare, when all the morons were screaming at everyone that they didn't want any pre-existing condition protections, now they're screaming they want their pre-existing conditions protected. But you remember when the, the build-up of uh, all the town halls, all the dupes were out there screaming about they wanted to die without health care? that uh, it's all about Hitler. They were saying, first, it's Hitler. Then they, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I, you know, what? I, the reason I just got distracted, I wondered if when I played the Twilight Zone theme, if I stopped that other thing, and I think I did. I have a, I have a bed that goes underneath that tells me the time. To, shut, to cut the show, and I think that's what happened. So I, I just got distracted, and it's hard. I can't tell, which sucks because what that says is that I thought I came up with a solution to time the show, and I really didn't. That's kind of annoying because I'm looking at the time, and I know that the the tune should have came up, I think, by now. At 7 o'clock, it should have come up. Or I might be, I might be wrong. Ugh, that's frustrating, if that's the case. But at least we figure it out. I'm gonna have to figure something else out. Anyway, whatever. Who cares? That's a that's an aside. Sorry to disrupt our train of thought. Anyway, yeah. So what was I saying? Progressives are fascists. Um, yeah. No, it's if if it were that liberals giving health care, ensuring that people don't die without health care um, equals Nazism, then the entire world would be Nazis the way, the way it is. We're the only one left behind without health care. And, you know, Republicans are dum-dums. What do you expect? Anyway, um, let's see. I, and then he writes back, people like you who, you know, me, uh, who believe on what this news site says are not liberal. They are authoritarian progressives. Pro progressives make up 8% of the country. I, where, is these, where are these fuckers getting their shit from? They, they, they have everything broken down. Obviously, this is not a well person, and it's sad. It really is. It's sad that someone is sitting at home and spending his limited lifespan making charts or spread or or uh, let me show you this goddamn chart he showed me. Hold on. 
Look at this. We, he has us all broken down. Progressive activists, 8%. Traditional, where the fuck is he getting this from? Politically disengaged, moderates, traditional conservatives. What? what? I don't, where's the rugged individual? The exhausted majority. The progressive activists, younger, highly engaged, secular, cosmopolitan, angry. And on the right, white, retired, highly engaged, uncompromising, and patriotic. Are you fucking crazy? They're the worst. They're not patriots. They're dupes. They're the autocrats. They're the ones that, would, that are saying things like, Liberals are fascists because we want to give health care to everyone. We want to make sure that the United States joins the rest of the world and has health care as a right, not a privilege. Patriotic? They're not patriotic. We're patriotic. It's patriotic to leave no one behind like we do. We don't leave people behind in sickness, behind without health care, behind, well, same thing, whatever, behind in ignorance. But this person, get, get a real fucking hobby. What are you doing? Sitting around saying, talking about progressives are autocrats. How? Because we, do you know what autocrat means? It means that you abide by a democratic election. We're such autocrats that we f are following the fucking rules of an election that somebody who's in a goddamn uh, Oval Office right now is there despite receiving fewer votes. So what are you talking about? Liberals are progressive. Progressives are autocrats. If progressives were autocrats, we would have President Al Gore. Not President, so-called, goddamn, so-called President Twitler. Liberals are autocrats? Do they fucking hear themselves? To just spend all this, all this guy spends his time coming up with autocrat or whatever, coming up with all kinds of um, categories to put people in and be so hopelessly wrong. It takes a lot of energy to be so fucking misguided. Get a real... I mean, where are you Where are you getting your information from, Artemo, whatever your name is? And how... What do you think people are to put them into these categories like this? Autocrats. Uh, we're not liberals here. Oh, good. Thank you for telling us, Artemo. We're not liberals. We're authoritarian progressives. What does that mean? Authoritarian progressives? Oh, oh, I see that we want to join the rest of the world and ha make sure everyone has health care as a right of citizenship, not a privilege of wealth like every other fucking country on earth. Oh, yeah, I could see your point and how... We actually want democracy that works for all. When somebody votes, they don't have to be gerrymandered and rigged and jiggered out of existence where it doesn't matter. Where we have progressive taxation so that the American working class can have a decent middle class life without having to worry about finding a feudal lord to trickle on them.
what the F? This is what we're up against. And thank you, Bill Clinton, yet again, for dismantling the, and I mean it, I mean it sarcastically, for dismantling the goddamn media, for dismantling media regulations that allows this country to go from over 50 different separate entities owning the media, uh, for the most part, to six transnational corporations that own it all whether it be a radio or TV or newspaper, and having cross-ownership. Thank you, Bill Clinton, for fucking us like this because you created Artemo. So instead of going online and learning for things that are real and actually matter and can make a difference in society, this idiot is on there talking about authoritarian progressives, which is, and in case you haven't noticed, fucker, that... Being a progressive is the actual, it's the absolute opposite of authoritarianism. We're trying to make sure that the one who receives the most votes gets to actually serve and represent the people. And we're trying to make sure that we have a system that works for all, not just the few at the top, that you seem to think That equals freedom. That's what they think. In their twisted mind, freedom means that the rich get to freely ride you to the bank without any government getting in the way and telling them to play nice with the plebs. That's what they think freedom is, is they they could suck on the government cheat constantly, the, the rich, And that's what government's for, is to make the rich richer. And nobody can get in there and say, pay your fair share. You want to be part of this society? Then you pay. You pay your fair share. And not just that, oh, oh, who are we to go in and say the rich can't have all the money and and all the power? It's because we're in this together. What kind of a civilization are you trying to make here? What kind of a government is this? It's because government is, we come together as a government to make a government that works for all, a society that works for all, not just the one fucking person who takes advantage of government and buys his politicians to ensure that it remains that way. God. And this goddamn fucking idiot writes back, I'm not a fascist, nor do I favor democracy. Okay, well, he fucking admits it. I am not a fascist. And Oh, no, no, sorry. I made it. uh, It's wrong. I quoted him wrong. I'm not a fascist, and I do favor democracy. Well, wonderful. Thank you, Artemo. You sound really with it. I'm a moderate conservative, and my political position is center-right. Talk about, oh my God, a, an exhausting, exhausting, oh, circle jerk, really. It's, uh, my position is, cent- what does that mean? What that mean? What is a center right? It means I want government. This is Goldilocks government. Government is only just right in the ways that it affects them. Otherwise, it's too big. You see, they, that's how that's Artemo and the uh, 
the center-rightists. Government, they like government when it works for them, when they need it, or so they think. They don't seem to understand that because we're in this together, it all makes sense that we could that we all have uh it, it affects everyone everything affects everybody else homeless people people who can't get health care those who don't have living wages that affects him too whether he realizes it or not but that's who the center rightists are government is just right and i i hope that we spread this meme because I've, I've called them that for years and years. They're the Goldilocks, Goldilocks uh, members of society. You know, Goldilocks went in and she, she felt the bad. This one's too soft. This one's too hard. This one's just right. That's who they are. It's just right only in the ways that affect them directly. They need it. Then that's big enough. They need insurance. They need... Um, you know, unemployment insurance, government's just right. They need their water or uh, clean air. They want to eat food that isn't infested with parasites. That's just right. But if you need it, if you need something from government, oh, no, no. Or if it somehow inconveniences them, like if they want to build a building to code you know, because we don't want to live in a society where shit's falling down on people's heads and whatnot, even though it might be cheaper. You know, like when Twitler built some, he built something in New York, and he, of course, because he's a fucking uh, goddamn con man. Look, I'm looking up Twitler. Uh, they use cement instead of the proper building materials. And let me see, because it's cheaper, you know, who cares if it's to code? It wasn't to code. Yeah. And uh, this is in 1997. Trump's project went on despite warning about concrete. So in November 1977, from the New York Times, the company that provided concrete for Donald J. Trump's Riverside South project for poured five batches of defective concrete in mid-August, officials said yesterday, even after a counseling engineer had determined that the material was not strong enough to bear the weight of a 46-story luxury condominium. You want to, who wants to bet that Twitler was well aware that this cement was defective and they don't fucking care. They used it anyway because it's cheaper. The, sil- the city's building department halted work on the, lo- on the tower last week after inspector learned that defective concrete slabs on the fifth floor of the tower being built at 300 Riverside South between 69th and 70th Streets. The consulting engineer on the project said yesterday that he had rejected concrete from five of the 22 rumbling trucks lined up outside after initial tests found it inadequate. Well, that's government being too big in the right-wing fascist conservative mind. That's too big. You know, they got to make it cheap. And that's jobs, jobs, jobs. If they can use cheap cement that will bring that building down maybe in 50 years, 100 years. Who fucking cares? They'll be dead. 
He's not going to pay the consequence, but what are, you know, people sleeping in their beds, little babies just born, slab, boom, smash, who cares? It's cheaper. And they could say when, oh, well, I was just making jobs, jobs, jobs. When you sleep, when you can use cheap cement, that's another job, job, job for somebody. Unbelievable. So, yeah, that's Trump. Uh, the Brooklyn subcontractor providing the concrete waved off the warnings and poured the concrete anyway. That's Trump for you. The decision turned out to be a costly mistake that is preventing the developer from doing any work above the 20th floor. Because they had to go back. Because, you know, government, big government got in. Those damn governments getting in there and making sure that people don't get smushed in their sleep when a building collapses on its own weight. <sighs> How dare government getting rid of all those regulations, all those pesky regulations. Like, you know, being able to drink drinkable water and breathe breathable air and eat edible food without parasites. All those pesky, pesky regulations. That's who the fucking Republicans are. Talk about enemies of the people. These are people that want you dead. They don't, ha they don't lose a, a wink of sleep thinking whether a building will come crashing down on your head. Because it's cheaper, you see? And regulations are so bad. All regulations are bad in the right-wing, dystopian, fascist worldview uh, where nothing matters but profit. That's the way it is now. In the fascist, uh, Republican way, greed is the only value. Greed. That's it. Bastards. So he so this guy writes back. I saw your YouTube videos, and I see you as someone that hates people who are on the right. Mm, not really. Progressives and conservatives are not the majority, and both groups need to compromise. Yeah, let's compromise with whatever you think. Whatever you think is just right. Compromise? What are we compromising? You don't compromise with snakes. You either have a functioning civilization that works for all, or you have a fucking fake-ass semblance, pantomime of democracy, where you are, uh, the, the gap between the rich and poor is wider than it was in the Roman Empire, and the American dream is now uh, shipped to fucking Norway. So... Either it works or it doesn't. Progressives and conservatives need to... Oh, yeah, I said that. If you keep calling me a fascist, I will call you a communist and play your dirty game. Oh, please. I don't want to play a game with this idiot. It's like a cat playing with a mouse. It's... Okay, whatever. It's boring. I've seen this game before. It's boring. I don't play a game... What's the game? Functioning civilization? I'd like you to play. Anyway, it doesn't matter. This person is an idiot. What can you do? 
call me a communist. Okay, um, talk about call call me a communist about at eleven thirty at night because I need the cure for insomnia. Come up with something new, right wingers. It's really getting old, frankly. It's gotten old and tedious, and that's who they are. They don't have any real ideas. They don't have anything uh, to add to the conversation. They don't really, uh, they don't. They just don't. They don't have any, what's their idea? What ideas? They have one idea. Make the rich richer and the working class the working poor. That's it. Pretend all you want, wave your flag. It all looks like fascism to me. And what is fascism? It's corporate. It's corporatism. It's the merging of corporations and state. That's what we have. When you have a working class that is now below, I mean middle class, now below 50% of the population, where the wants and needs of working people have a statistically insignificant effect on government policy, what, what do you got? That's fascism. We're hanging by a thread here. And all that government, all that Republicans do when they get power is ensure that they pull up the ladder behind them and make sure that we're disempowered to do anything about their corruption. And that's who they are. Anyway. Son of a bitch. All right, let's see. What time is it? I want to check in with you guys. My name is Tara Devlin. In the meantime, please become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin if you want the show to grow and become a, a daily show. That'd be great. And we can get together every day, hang out every day, and then we'll have shows on the weekends. That'll be our specials. I haven't checked in on, uh, on the chat, so I want to check in right now. And that's what I'm going to do. Let me see. Who's here? I like to take attendance, too. So, thank you, Jim, of course, for your super chat. Who else gave a super chat? How come a... Hmm. Weird. A couple of people gave a super chat. Mark gave a super chat, and it didn't tweet out. Usually it tweets out. Hello, Cheyenne. Hello. Hello, Patricia and Els and Ed the First and Jim and Paradu. Oh, thank you, Paradu, for your super chat and your cute little emoji. Blowing hearts. Very cute. And Anthony. Hello. And Haiku. Paradu. Antonia. Hello. Hello, hello, soul brother number one, hello, and Daniel, hello, who else is here, Lee, hello, Sin City, Jim, Hazelton, Dean, hello, Mark C, who did I miss, there's more people here, they're just not chanting. Hello, soul brother. Thank you. That's very nice. Hello, Bay. 
and Greg. Hello. Hello, Greg. So, um, let's see. Um, I'm just kind of annoyed at myself right now because I'm thinking about the music, what I have to do. That's going to suck. I thought I came up with a solution. So either I just use the sound effects board to um, play the bed or... No, no, no. Or... Or Ecamm does something and makes maybe two channels where you can play sound effects. That would be something good. Where I gotta send them a letter. Fucking Ecamm. Oh, thank you, Els. Tara makes my Saturday. What does that say? BD re bit. Saturday. I don't know what that means, but it's good. And Cheyenne. Hmm. <laughs> I know, it's like romper room in here. I see you, and I see you. I see Cheyenne. I see Paradu. I see Greg. I see Soul Brother. I see Haiku. I see Jim. I see Andrea. I see... Who else? Els. I see Resist Evolve. I see Sin City. I see Dave the Dragon Fruit. Okay, let's get back to work. I'm just annoyed at myself and thinking what I need to do. It sucks. Okay, one more thing. A couple more things we have. We only have uh, a half hour left, but a few things. Like, for instance... Do you know, as you know, Trump is attacking the post office. This is a particular bug up my ass, and it should be yours. A bug up your ass, too. He's, you, and, and here's the thing. Okay, what's going on with the pandemic? And I've been saying it for weeks. If we don't push now for what we want and what the kind of civilization that needs to happen, we're done. You see what the Republicans are doing. They're pushing for their version of civilization and it ain't pretty they're uh, trying to enact their wish list like shutting down immigration that's all to to throw a bone to twitler's base his racist ass base you know the ones who are so put upon and feel like we're censoring them for being nazis well when they when they act like nazis that's fine you could be a nazi just take the consequences but, so, Twitler is attacking, oh, let me, he's attacking the post office, partly because he can, and here's why I say to Joe Biden, what the fuck? What are you talking about work with these people? Part of their attack on the post office is, for, it's also personal with Twitler, Partly, he attacks, the Republicans hate the post office because it is the largest unionized workforce. And it also shows that government works, that we can do something. And in fact, post, the post office, the postal service, is the most trusted government institution next to the military. And the, uh, it also attaches, it, it creates a community that Republicans hate. 
Republicans want us all in separate silos, uh, different factions all over the country. The better, the, the more the better, the more they can exploit the divisions. So they don't want us seeing ourselves as Americans all together. They would like us to be in separate com- communities and not just communities. I mean, uh, you're talking about camps, Cam- especially armed camps, pre- preferably. They want us at each other's throats. That's why they talk about Massachusetts liberals and, you know, California liberals. You don't hear Democrats saying things like that, going after Kansas uh, Republicans or Kentucky conservatives. You don't hear them in a derogatory way. They don't go after them. They talk about how they want to reach out. And And in fact, the... Uh, it is a testament to progressive values in general that uh, what we fight for and what we work for benefits these effing morons. Like, the let's say, uh, for example, the Appalachian uh, coal miners who are dying of black lung, who Obama, with Obamacare, these idiots, you know for a fact that they're morons, they're moronic relatives, the, the very people dying of black lung disease because they had to work in a coal mine and die in a coal mine like their grandpappy and pappy before them, that, oh, hi, Tara Jr., Jr., that they, um, you guarantee that their relatives were out there screaming at the local town hall how they want government hands off Medicare or whatever. Meanwhile... Liberals, normal people, were were putting in Obamacare protections for people with black lung, specifically. And protections for not just the black lung, the, those suffering from black lung disease, but their relatives when the disease finally got them and s- stepped them off this mortal coil. So that's liberalism and progressivism in a nutshell even these freaks benefit from the work that we do regardless of whether they have the courtesy the manners or the maturity to say thanks which they don't and that's another thing that annoys me about them if only they just had the manners and they were raised right to simply say thank you even for their pre-existing condition benefits, you know, now as the, that's exactly what I've said for years. You see how Republicans position themselves as the champions of pre-existing condition benefits? Nothing else. Because the Republicans can understand the pre-existing condition benefits. They see how it benefits them specifically and personally. You know what I mean? Because they're children. And meanwhile, it all benefits it all benefits them, but you know what I mean. And now all of the Republicans are pretending that they're always, but they're always protecting pre-existing conditions. Bullshit. That's how stupid Republicans are. What are you talking about? So anyway, um, fucking dumbasses. Uh, anyway, so they were going after the post office. They have been going after the post office for generations now, since George W. Bush, during Bush's reign of error, when he squatted in the White House, despite receiving fewer votes, of course, 
um, how they put that poison pill bill in proposing, or now it's a law, that the post office has to pay 75 years of health benefits in advance for people who haven't even been born. So they put that in there. And the post office has struggled under the weight of this poison pill, though, though, it it hasn't, it wouldn't, it would be, in fact, it's been in the, in the black thanks to uh, everybody using the mail. Now Amazon with people deliver, getting packages. Amazon and private corporations do not bring the mail to every community because it's not profitable. You know what I mean? This is who Republicans are. So if we had the Republican way and everything was privatized, there would be communities in our country that would say that the mail just simply would not go to. But because we're supposed to be a functioning civilization and we're a society that we're and are connected, we have... The, the post office goes to every single community, regardless of whether they're making a fucking profit. Because there are some things that are more important than profit, for Christ's sakes, like community, like democracy, and the meaning of life. How about that? It's not just to make the rich richer. So Amazon, because private companies like FedEx and UPS, these shipping companies, and Amazon itself do not go to every community because it's not profitable. They give their packages to the post office, and the post office delivers a lot of Amazon packaging or packages, and the post office makes a good profit from it. So now the post office is struggling in this pandemic, and, you know, we hear about the cruise industry, the, the uh, ocean cruise industry, how they got to be bailed out. These cruise industries, which are offshore, their offices are in a mailbox in the freaking Dominican Republic or wherever, or Costa Rica, yet they get a bailout. Twitler wants to bail these fuckers out. The airline industry, they're his pals. But the post office can go eat, eat fucking cake for all Twitler cares because not only do Republicans hate the post office and they hate the American worker and unions in particular because unions give you a decent middle class life. You get too uppity being in a union. You start thinking that you're, you're worth something. Your work is valued in some form. That you're not just a, a grist for the mill, as Ayn Rand would say, to be chewed up and spit out. That you're a human being and collective bargaining makes you a little too uppity because you're all in it together. Hey, hey, no, 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 they can't have that. They can't have you thinking you're in it together with your fellow Americans. Oh, no, no, no. They want you divided at each other's throats. They don't want you collectively bargaining nothing. They want you on your Uber, get on your Uber and shut the fuck up. Work your DoorDash or whatever. But don't think you have rights as a worker 
And that's why Republicans hate it as well. They the post office is too uppity. Too too many uppity union workers who think they have value. And the post office is older than the United States itself. It is the oldest American institution. And this fucking con man, piece of wasted human DNA who couldn't come up with a, an idea if it, uh, if it shoved bleach up his ass, if it disinfected its whole useless DNA with bleach, this fucking idiot couldn't come up with a decent idea. Every idea that the con man ever, all of his failed businesses are, they're no, they're nothing new. He never brought anything to the table. He never innovated anything. He never changed the world like Jeff Bezos, love him or hate him. The fact is they changed the paradigm. Twitter can't stand that. And, you know, because he made something. He did something. He actually innovated something. He created something. He actually created jobs. Not like Twitler, who, when if whatever jobs he created, they went bankrupt and Twitler stiffed the workers, as he does. And if he created any, gave anybody a contract to do something in his tacky, gilded, shit, shit, bedbug-infested hotels... He stiffed them too. He would contract them for a certain rate, and then after the job was done, say, fuck you. Here, take half. That's what Twitler does. This great champion of the people. You filthy, disgusting Republican dupes. And you like that, that man? You like Republicans for putting that fucking ignoramus, that racist piece of dirt on your shoe in the Oval Office that Americans, decent Americans, died to entrust to us? You goddamn shame. And now he's attacking Ben Franklin's post office created by somebody who had value. This this con man says he wants to, he will not bail out the post office. No, he'll bail out the cruise industry. That isn't even incorporated here in the United States because they are grifters and want to suck on the government cheat and give nothing back. It's too much. They don't want to pay taxes because that's, that's for the little guy. We're the ones who pay taxes. And not only that, because we have to fund all the services. You know, when Twitler is saying how much he loves our troops, our strong and beautiful troops how they uh, uh, he's not funding them because you got to pay. You pay. Who pays for the uniforms and the barracks and for the next war of corporate aggression? You and me. These fuckers don't pay their fair share. It's all on our backs. So Twitler, because he hates Jeff Bezos and Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post, on top of it, that actually reports on the truth that Twitler, the con man who received fewer votes, sucks and is a filthy, disgusting liar and has no business leading a beauty contest at the Jersey Shore, much less a modern nation. So he's attacking the post office 
saying he won't bail out the post office until it raises its rates, and that's all because he has a personal vendetta against Jeff Bezos. So everybody, you get it? We're living in the manias of a madman who received fewer votes, who has no business being anywhere near power. This wannabe dictator-envying fraud with a fake university and a vitamin scam with failed magazines, shitty, disgusting, greasy steaks, poor, the, the rest in peace, you poor cows that had to give your life for those shitty steaks, for that disgusting, bloated, orange turd. And that man, who has a vendetta, we're being dragged through his manias, like any, uh, like, the mag- like the madness, being in the madness of Caligula, or Nero, we threw a, overthrew a king so we didn't have to put up with this shit. And that's, that's what he's doing. And the Trump and the uh, Republicans don't give a shit. They, they will go along with whatever he says because, to bring it back to what we were saying initially in the beginning of the show, exactly what I say all the time. The ultimate goal of republicanism, conservatism, is to destroy democracy. End of story, period. They will allow you the pantomime of democracy, uh, except it will be worth nothing. It won't mean anything. You'll be able to elect your local whatever, just like in ancient Rome. The Roman Empire had local elections too, magistrates, local uh, representatives, but ultimately every it was it was no republic, and until the last days of the Roman Empire, when the empire th- uh, thing was out of the closet, they still pledged allegiance to the Senate and people of Rome. That's what's happening here, unless we get it back. It's almost they have almost succeeded in the coup. And honestly, that's why I'm so, it it concerns me so much when we have Democratic politicians who refuse to see what's going on. Refuse. Who say things like, I can work with these fuckers? What are you talking about? What are you working for? What are you, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to create? work with them we have to stop them we don't work you don't work with snakes you stop them from biting you and and poisoning you so because twitler has a vendetta against jeff bezos now this is like any any so- any person, now you know how it feels like to be alive during Henry VIII's reign or Caligula's reign. To watch this unfold and, have, and be in awe. Because during when the Roman Empire fell, there were politicians in the Senate 
that went along with it, they had to at that point. Well, I guess they didn't have to, but all the politicians that stood up to the um, the concentration of power in the in the autocratic coup of Octavian and Mark Antony and Lepidus were were put to death in prescription lists. And now here in the Roman, I mean, in the American end of the American Republic, they there's a metaphorical death. If Twitler, if you go against Twitler in the in the filthy fascist GOP, they go after you metaphorically. You 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 end up being uh, being primaried or whatever. I mean, I guess that's what they fear: their political death. But we're you know, I guess, uh, how far off are we? This is what I wonder sometimes. What would we do if, let's say, journalists start disappearing? You know what I mean? We're not that far off from things like that happening. And it happens. It's ha- Sorry, <clears throat> I just choked on myself. It's happening right now in Turkey. We just read the story that Dara Lucas wrote. It's happening. It is happening all over the world. They're getting inspiration. And there is absolutely no reason why we should put up with this shit. Going after the post office. He's this fucking tiny dictator envying con man. He's not going to bail out the post office unless they do what he fucking wants them to do. This fucking fake-ass, failed, serial, bankrupt con man who received fewer votes? Who, the only thing he ever came up with is coming up with a a name for his sham corporation so he can siphon money from his daddy's trust fund tax-free with fake inflated invoices? That's who he is. And now he's coming for Ben Franklin's, the oldest institution older than the United States herself. And right now, there are Americans who share our citizenry just by accident of birth that are going to vote for this fucking guy. That think, yeah, um, he's for me. He's for the people. I like Twitler. He's just like me. He doesn't know when to use your Y-O-U apostrophe R-E or Y-O-U-R either. He's just like me. He's as dumb as I am. And if I, I was, if I had any, um, if I was smart, I could have come up with a fake university and a vitamin scam too. Fucking people. Honestly, uh, right-wingers, we talk about this on the show a lot, that they're hopeless. They really are. They are hopeless. That's why I don't talk to them. I'm talking to, I'm not talking to the Artemos, the, you know, the guy that we, uh, who posted about authoritarians that Republican or fascists, well, no, 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 conservatives have to be authoritarian to counter the authoritarian progressives. Give me a fucking break. I'm not talking to him. He's lost. Let him go jerk off in his basement to the chart. 
uh, about, uh, you know, uh, 8% this and 8% that. Give me an effing break. It's a futile endeavor. We don't have that much time to waste. We, get, we, we can't afford it. I'm talking to those who maybe have some hope. I consider DLC Democrats as infuriating or more sometimes than Republicans because I expect more of them. But I think that at least maybe, maybe we can get through to them. Enough playing with these Republicans and thinking like they actually want a functioning society. Are you kidding me? No. On Medicare for All, on Common Dreams, it says that there's a a headline, uh, Democratic, let me see. The um, article is, as polls show nearly 90% Democratic support, Biden is told hostility to Medicare for All is no longer a tenable position. Well, let's hope he pays attention. A new poll showing nearly 90% approval among Democrats, and it's also in the majority among Republicans. And it all depends. Are they normal people, or are these Fox News victims? So uh, 90% approval among Democratic voters for Medicare for All has stirred fresh calls for Biden, the party's presumptive nominee, to end his outdated opposition to the health care solution that would cover all Americans at less overall cost than the current wasteful for-profit system. Arriving amid the coronavirus pandemic that has thrust the nation into a public health emergency and triggered a nearly unprecedented economic calamity for the U.S., the Hill-Harris-X survey released Friday showed overall voter support for Medicare for All at 69%. But that number soared to 88% for registered Democrats. Among independents, voters likely to be crucial in the 2020 election showed uh, support now sits at 68%, while even Republicans sit at 46%. Okay? Don't worry about those Republicans. Trust us. Trust me. As we said, they will be clamoring in the future, tripping over themselves to present themselves as the champions of, of Medicare for All, as the protectors of Medicare for All, just like they're the protectors right now of freedom and democracy while dismantling it. That's who they are. They're full of shit. So speaking to the Hill on the findings, Felicia Wong, president and CEO of the left-leaning Roosevelt Institute, said that the coronavirus has opened people's eyes even further to the need for a universal single-payer health care system like Medicare for All. These progressive policies have been popular for a long time, Wong said. I think COVID-19 will make them even more popular as it becomes clear just how fragile our American political economy really is. Of course, and that's why it's now or never for our generation. We have to get it done. If it makes sense for Medicare, for all, for, for health care to cover coronavirus, but it doesn't make sense for it to cover the flu, give me an effing break. 
The latest figures led to calls for Biden to drop his stubborn opposition to Medicare for all. That's because he's bought out. That he's in the old school, the old guard of tell me, uh, give me, you know, tell me what you want me to say. This, uh, I mean, the whole thing can be summed up with Nancy Pelosi say on Jim, not not on the, not talking about the refrigerator thing, but when she was on, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel talking about, we want to reduce the influence of dark money and politics. No, no, no. That's the old school. You, we need to get money out of politics. They're stuck in their old ways. What do you expect? They're fucking 80 years old or something. But they fucked us long enough. 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 It's over. You did it. You're done. You tried. It's not working. You destroyed the American dream long enough. We're sick of it. The latest figures led... Oh, yeah, I said that. Hey, Biden, as a Democrat running for president in a pandemic, this looks like a popular idea, said Michael Lightley, a health project policy expert, pointing at the poll. So, but we're, in, we're a bunch of dummies here. What do you expect? Let me just... One last thing before we go. I wanted to bring to light... Um, how what's going on in the rest of the world right now all over the world <clears throat> the uh we're the only dummies here where um american dupes are running out saying i gotta get back to work in a pandemic because they don't have any money other countries are taking care of their own they are being paid to stay home in the pandemic as it should be Here's a clip from NPR, an interview with some people in England and Germany. Another 4.4 million U.S. workers filed for unemployment benefits last week, bringing the total to 26 million. But Europe isn't seeing anywhere near as many job losses, even though its economy has also collapsed. NPR's Jim Zaroli explains. On April 8th, Rita Mayer found out he was getting furloughed from his job at a video streaming service in London. There's no work in my specific industry right now anyway. Everything's on hold. But when I talked to him a few days later, Mayer sounded remarkably blasé about not working. I woke up a couple hours later than I normally would, I won't lie. I've got a remote personal training like fitness session <laughs> in about 20 minutes. Mayor can rest easy because Britain handles unemployment much differently than the United States. Economist Gabriel Zuckman of UC Berkeley says in the U.S., when the economy turns sour, workers often get fired. They get unemployment benefits, but they have to look for a new job. And Zuckman says the experience is brutal. Unemployment is uh, inducing. There's no guarantee that they will find their job back when the crisis is over. When a crisis hits in much of Europe, workers stay on the payroll. The government pays much of their salaries, though the systems vary from country to country. Zuckman says this way is more humane and much less disruptive for businesses. Alexander Cranky runs a software company near Dusseldorf. His business has fallen off a cliff, but the German government is paying many of his 130 workers to stay home. When the economy recovers... 
he can simply call them back to work. It basically means we, we will survive and we will, we will be able to keep the workforce on board. So a pretty powerful tool actually for us. Can you believe it? What the hell is wrong with us? That's what's going on in the rest of the world. They are being paid to stay home. The government is picking up the payrolls, and it's easy enough for this government to do, except we're, dis- we're stupid here. The American people are dumb. We don't expect shit like that. I don't know. They, we would rather go out there and put ourselves in danger of dying when the way we win this war in the war president under this fucking so-called war president is to stay home. And government shouldn't be quibbling or throwing $1,200 at people who are under a certain amount. They should be picking up the payrolls just like they are in other goddamn functioning societies. But that's what they want. They want us broken. They want the American people fighting amongst each other and not thinking that this government works for us. And that's how you would do it. Spread the news that other countries aren't as stupid as we are. That the other countries, that they're doing their jobs, they're staying home as they should and getting their salary backstopped by the government. And businesses aren't closing because the government is picking up the tab. That's what you do in a national emergency when everyone's in it together. You don't fuck people over. Like Mitch McConnell saying, oh, well, declare bankruptcy and everyone is losing their jobs and small businesses are going out of business. That's it's an abomination brought to us. But it's a it's a choice brought to us by neoliberal fascist kiss up, kick down. I got mine sucks to be you government of by and for the oligarchy. And all I have to ask yet again is how much longer are we going to take it? How much longer? All right, guys, it's time to wrap up the show. I want to thank you all for hanging out. And I want to thank you. I saw your super chat come in, Shannon. Thank you so much, as always. And Shannon is also a wonderful patron and friend. Uh, I appreciate it. I really can't do it without you. It's the truth. So if you want the show to keep going and you want to support the show, I know times are tough, so do what you can. If you don't have financial means and you can't support the show, there are other ways you can support by sharing our clips, sharing the show, telling telling people about the show, telling your friends and your enemies about the show. Well, no, not enemies. We hate enemies. We hate them here. Well, you know. They can all, everyone's invited, even right wing, even abnormal people. But we don't tolerate, they could be here. They just have to know how to behave. You know what I mean? Otherwise, Haiku's going to kick you out. Thank you for your super chat. As always, um, we, uh, I can't do it without you. Like I said, become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. This is Tara Jr. Jr., He's very cranky today. He's only had his standard 16 hours nap. All right, guys, you are really why I want to get out of bed in the morning. I enjoy hanging out with you every Saturday evening from 6 to 8. We will meet again. 
I'm just stalling for time right now to get the Discord link. I want to put it in the chat. If you guys are, if you want to check in or um, whatever, yeah, check in. In between shows, please join our Discord community. Uh, I will try to do another weekday show. We'll do, we do as many as we can. In the meantime, remember what I always say. We are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of humanity. We stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin. I will see you very soon.